Yeah, yeah, welcome back. Welcome back to the Lion Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander, and I'd like to start today by announcing the winner of the giveaway. I really appreciate you guys getting involved with that. We mentioned last week we are giving away a care package from Blue Blocks, who sponsored this podcast, and it is a really tremendous $360 value. Includes daytime blue blockers, nighttime blue blockers, and a sleep mask from those guys. Uh, really great stuff. They are the steesiest blue blocking glass company that I have encountered, and I really dig them. I utilize blue blockers, especially in time I'm traveling, if I'm in airports, uh, around the evening hours, if I'm going to be around any kind of obnoxious bright blue lights, I throw those puppies on a couple hours before bed, and it helps support your physiology so you don't start boosting yourself up with all sorts of stress hormones before you go to bed because your body gets the signal that it's time to wake up when you get hit with those frequencies of light so it's a great way to protect yourself and look good while you're doing it uh, you can get yourself 15 percent off your purchase by going to blueblocks.com slash align and you use the line code 15 percent off b-l-u-b-l-o-x.com slash line for a discount on those things. So thanks so much to uh, Johnny Hazelnut on Instagram is called let good vibes get a lot stronger. All kinds of letters in that. Uh, Here's what he said. Hello, everyone. Having healed myself from acute Crohn's disease, uh, dis-ease, he emphasizes the the separation word, and having listened to and worked with the Align Band and movements taught off the podcast and YouTube channel, I can recommend to anyone from very sick and in need to high-performance athletes to align themselves with this information that is available, accessible, and easy to utilize under Aaron Alexander's warming, thorough, and thoughtful helping words. Pow! Exclamation point. Thank you so much for that, Johnny. Uh, I really appreciate it. It's amazing. Um, Thank you to everybody else who left reviews on the iTunes. I wish I could give the prize way terabyte but we'll do more i like this giveaway thing today's tremendous guest was the fantastic emily shrum uh emily is a entrepreneur she is a nutritionist she is a crossfit athlete she was on mtv's road rules and got first place at one point she's she's on it a bunch of times i think um really tremendous human being one of the most authentic people that i've had the opportunity to share some space with here on this program called online podcast and um great conversation i during it you can you be able to hear i think i talked quite a bit too much i think i was trying to impress emily and so you can kind of hear I, I don't think i did the the interview justice by doing that so maybe we'll we'll do another one at some point um anyhow this conversation was good we go into all sorts of interesting wormholes ranging from excommunicating oneself from a cult to cultivating empathy to uh more effective communication something that i could work on obviously and uh really good if you all are in los angeles on september 11th i will be presenting at the world's summit at 11 o'clock september 11th at 11 a.m i don't know if there's some sacred numerology meaning there or something like that but it's 9 11 at 11 a.m world's summit come out and visit all right here we go back to the conversation with Emily Schramm. We start off, by the way, we're talking about tarot cards here, if you're curious what the heck we're talking about. All right, here we go. Back to the show. Pop. Align podcast. I was you're... raised in like a highly religious background. As was and so I. I was always like very afraid of anything that was not Jesus. Yeah. So like even the word like pagan or or like and anything, agnostic. I was like agnostic probably means you like burn virgins over a stake or something yes, yes. <laughs> stay away from that <laughs> totally yeah um what which card did you get my card says unog, unog. easy easy does it there is should i read it I'm yeah read go it. for it there's no need to hurry or force things to happen everything is occurring in perfect timing well that's the story of my last several years and it starts with the oh all right I'll, I'll read you the fast version okay 
this is from her. Nurturing a cause or relationship is a long-term commitment and one that can't be rushed. This level of devotion comes from a place of deep loving and concern. I care what happens to my planet and to my loved ones so much that I'm willing to stick with them through thick and thin. This isn't always easy, but to me, it's the only way to ensure that matters are resolved and healed. I listen to the passionate stirrings of my heart. I reach out and take action to let my loved ones know I care about them. I take action to spur on my pet causes. Never mind what other people think. You will benefit by caring through with your priorities. You'll feel so good about yourself if you make time for the relationships and projects that truly count in your heart. Do what's important to you, but do it with absolute devotion. Don't worry about your purpose or your goals. Make no sudden moves. Slow, steady progress is best. Ease into your new life instead of rushing into it. Do your new work as a part-time venture to begin with while slowly exiting your old career. Wow. Do you like it? Yeah. Is it relevant? Well, minus the career part. I don't even know. I mean, I think I'm in my career. I'm pretty sure. Full time. Well, like you're a, writing a, a book. A goat farmer or something. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this whole aligned postural yeah. movement stuff is just nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to move on. <laughs> I love it. I have done a book, yeah. Um, and you're right. Yeah, I guess there is quite a large transition happening in relation to that. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting thing, like a transition into being able to take that seed that you had cultivated and actually turn it into something that's, you know, taking the, the next level up beyond that. I feel like most of us, myself for a really long time, it's like we put ourselves into the container. It's like a goldfish closes as big as the, as the container that they're in. Yeah. And so it's figuring out like, how do you let go of the fear? How do you, whatever the, the terminology would be to actually allow yourself to get placed into a larger container. Yeah. And then is that container even a real thing? Like, you know, I think with, um, me, I just had this vision. I, I take a bath every day. That's kind of my zen. Good. Well, although th- I'm, we're sitting in the sun right now, so this, this is might it. be my We're literally for the day. bathing in sun. Yeah, it's so nice. <clears throat> yeah, your body, it? your body eats it. I love it. Um, yeah. And I was, I was just, I had this kind of epiphany of like, I used to do a ton of way too much fitness. <laughs> so I, I always had like a jerk in my head. I was doing a jerk, so in a split jerk stance. So I had like this 200 jerk pound weight over my head and I was just holding it and I was so proud of it and then I remember seeing you know after you hold something for so long and then your face starts to change because you're like okay this is hard get in the right mindset you have to hold this you have to hold this and instead of weights I don't know why I'm telling you this I've never told anybody this instead of weights it was actually um, these buckets of water and it was wobbly and I started sweating and I got more and more exhausted and I just didn't want to let anybody down and I remember wobbling and wobbling and wobbling and finally it dropped and I just shattered to the ground and I just started crying and these buckets of water dumped all around me but then the things that were around me started to grow and I remember feeling this huge epiphany of so many times we we want to grow into something that we think we should grow into but what if the beauty is actually by just falling still and understanding that the process like it was just the best visual for me because we all hear about how the process (laughs) is what people need but like to see it in that way in that visual that i had just out of nowhere just sitting in a bathtub and realizing like my my struggle is actually the most important part of everything that i'm doing because we all struggle and the more clear about the struggle we are it's so much more glamorous and not even glamorous it's so much more relatable than any size of goldfish you know and that was really helpful <laughs> for me that's awesome not to jump you gotta write that. that thing down somewhere <laughs> i have, you know, do I the, have. the transcripts of this thing <laughs> <laughs> i find it interesting like getting into like so it's, it's like you gotta trust just trust but i think it's it's a lot easier to say trust than to actually like let go and trust and the process of getting to that point where you feel safe enough to truly let go and like allow the world to push you wherever you need to be. I feel like there takes a lot of like in my path, which I don't think is like the most accurate one. It took like a lot of pushing for me to maybe now I, I, I somewhat have an semblance of feeling as though I'm being pushed, mm. but that's like very recent. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so have you had an experience like that at all? Yeah, I think. When you're talking, the first thing, I just decided, I know we, we know each other briefly, but you, oh. I feel comfortable. So I'm just going to say the things that come to my head. Usually I t- try to censor. I don't oh, think I'm going to do that. Perfect. <laughs> that's, why we, um, that's why we take the roof off. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we come to the top of a building with the sun. Let's stay barefoot. So yeah. I think for me, as my, one of my favorite quotes right now is, as my self-love grows, so does my intuition. 
And so the trust comes from not trusting that you're going to be okay. It's just knowing that your impulses are correct. And so when you believe in that, then anything that you do, every step that you take, every progress, every effort, every conversation, everything you write, everything you post, all of it becomes such an extension of who you are. And it is the path. It It is no longer, I'm doing this and this and this to get to that. It's, it all just flows. And so I think that only came from me. I've done nothing except trust the gut and almost to a way where like my intuition is exhausted. And so it's understanding like you just, you know, it feels right. So you do it, but there's no way I should be where I am right now. I mean, the last five years have been insane. And I think the, you know, luckily it's a lot of good people around me and also just, um, just a good sense of self. But I think all of it comes down to when I start to lose trust and not really sure, et cetera, et cetera. I just come back and I'm like, well, do I love who I am? Do I trust that who I am is enough? And then if those two pieces are in play, then everything else, it's effortless. It just happens. Hmm. What are some of the tangible, from your perspective and your experience, like the tangible bits of getting to that point where you, where you do feel confident enough to let go and actually trust your intuition? Well, I think the first, the groundwork for me, because I didn't ever trust my intuition because we are born into a culture that says who you are is broken and you have to fix it. Mm. We're born into a society that says, you know, you're not small enough. You're not quick enough. You're not fast enough. You're not smart enough. I think that's just around us because they're trying to sell you something. So regardless of if it's in your peripheral vision or not, we are always told that we need something more and that something that we need, we purchase, we will be a better X, Y, Z. So when you quiet that, that's one thing, I think just noticing it. And for me, it came down to, uh, truly how my body was at a systemic level, like my, a cellular level, like who I was, was inflamed and in pain and like digestive distress every single day, lots of anxiety, lots of depression bouts, um, lots of skin issues. I mean, the list went on and on. And I think we all have experienced some sort of health issue in our life that at some point had to, you had to make the choice. I'm going to live like this forever. I'm going to do something about it. And so when I made that choice, that's when everything became clear. And I think it, it could be the chicken or the egg. Was it because I cleaned my diet and I helped my gut in a way that now my brain can think clearly and I'm able to make the good decisions that I, I can make about my body, about myself, about my self-confidence. Not to say it's not always a work in progress, but that was the first, I think, the the first thing for anybody that's like, I don't know how to trust myself. You have to look at what you're consuming, whether it's the television, advertisements, you know, the people in your life trying to sell you something to make you feel like you aren't good enough as is, or is it just as simple as you eat too much sugar or you eat foods that your body doesn't connect with flaring up inflammation pathways that yeah. do in turn help th- prevent you thinking clearly on a day-to-day basis. So that was like the, you know, wipe the slate clean. I'm going to start from scratch. I'm going to learn about my body, learn about real food. And then I was able to build off of that. And I don't, I think since I changed my diet, uh, my intuition if I listen to it, it hasn't served me wrong since that happened. Hmm. I have a feeling <clears throat> that um, dietary choices and relationship choices and work choice, like all the things, but diet specifically, is uh, a question of, of self-worth. You know, so we look at it as just like, I don't know how people look at it exactly, but, but I think we think of nutrition as being the thing that saves you. But I wonder if there's, I think if you can get to that level of actually like, truly caring about yourself and thinking that you're like, you're like worth feeding yourself well, Mm -hmm. then naturally you make the choices to start putting better food in your body and things like that. For sure. Yeah. I think with me and clients, when clients understand the whys behind it, you know, you can always tell a client to eat this and not eat that. Right. But, um, when they start to understand that they are not their cravings, that they are not a lesser human because of the sugar that they want or the soda that they tend to go for. Of course, there's some habitual patterns that need to be at least acknowledged. But for the most part, I really think that every craving and every impulse can can be almost diagnosed in a way that 
to explain that to a client and say, you know, I understand that you freaking love chocolate, but what if we supplemented with XYZ and your chocolate cravings went away? No longer are you in the cycle of I ate chocolate and now I feel bad about myself. Screw it. I'm going to now have pizza. You know, it's like breaking that cycle in a very simple way. And that's the self-worth like you can't get out of you can't get out of self-loathing from your, in your own lens like you have to have somebody else sometimes pull you out of that I, yeah. I don't think that it takes one person for me actually the truest experience I don't know if you've heard me talk about this and I again I'm just gonna not censor it but <laughs> was an ayahuasca experience oh, that was really the way that I saw myself through a different lens that I don't know if I could have in um, in my day-to-day life, you know, talking about it and speaking about it. And of course doing the work and journaling and meditating, but sometimes it does take us a third party, whether it's, it doesn't have to be ayahuasca, but there does have to be sometimes another approach to get you out of your own head, uh, for you to start to see what worth you do bring, because it's just a hard, hard cycle to break. When did you do the, your, did you do just one or did you do like a weekend nope. thing? Or did you yeah, like, it was, was, uh, it? it literally was one day. And I honestly, I, I was like, no, I'm good. I had an option to do a second day and it was so profound and also so intense and exhausting that I was like, I got exactly what I needed. It, I wasn't seeking anything. And then I showed up and it just gave me exactly what I needed. So it was, um, I guess about two and a half years ago. What was the experience like? Uh, Well, uh, for me, I'm such, it really taught me how much of a control freak I am. I really had never, I, you know, you can say like, oh, I'm chill. I'm cool. I go with the flow, but there's no way you, I mean, the, the work that I do in some ways, you have to be a psycho control freak to make sure everything's in line and you're getting the goals that you want. Like I just, I have basically become more of a control freak in the last 10 years and I didn't even realize it. And so that was the first thing. Do you have any sense of why that would have manifested, the control freak? Well, it manifested because in order for me to truly experience and be present, I have to let go. And that's the the work of the Enneagram 7 that we briefly discussed before. The 7 always is the personality test. The Enneagram, me being a type 7, constantly looking for gratitude or like gratification and something else what's next so even right. my handwriting is mostly cursive because I'm I'm so excited to get to the next word like you can it's just it's excessive so it's you know you get so excited about something and you're like okay let's execute it let's move on like I don't ever want to sit still and I can't ever remember truly sitting still and being content in that um until the ayahuasca experience because it was like if you don't let go, you're going to have the worst five hours of your life. And I remember like gripping on the wall, like, I don't want to do it. (laughs) I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And you see all the, like, it starts off so beautiful. And there's like, you feel like you're in a kaleidoscope and I'm like, wow, this is so pretty. And then all of a sudden you're like, I don't, I don't feel my body. I don't feel my legs. I don't know where I'm at. I, I have to stop this. And that's when I was like, it was like, nope, you choose. You either let go and experience or you become just miserable. And so that shifted pretty profoundly for me. Not to say it's still not a daily work to not be such a <laughs> micromanager, but yep. uh, it's definitely been much better. And I've been a, a much better human because of that. Mm. Yeah, there's a, there's a guy called Moshe Feldenkrais. You ever heard of like Feldenkrais method or any of that stuff? Moshe mm-hmm. Feldenkrais, I think is how you say his name. Um, because uh, like the, the unconscious contractions that we have throughout our body, he calls them parasitic tension. And so like I do rolfing in different forms of like manual therapy, like body work stuff for people. And sometimes you'll pick somebody's arm up off the table and they'll be like, and we'll just be like holding it up in the air. I'm like, okay, just relax. I'm like, okay, they're just like stuck. And they have no idea how to actually relax their nervous mm-hmm. system. And so they're moving through the world all day long with all this excessive, like caloric expenditure that goes into holding their body in these, in these braced positions. And so unaware of it. And so unaware of it. <sighs> and so it's like, I just think it's a fascinating, I think that that's like what being a human is. Like that's what the human experience is, is like going in and finding all those different parasitic tensions that we have. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You do, yeah. I, don't I, know. I, you know, I agree. It's so true. We don't, I mean, and the hardest part is once you start the rabbit hole and truly, you know, self-work, I think is the layer of life that I've entered into in the last six months. That's like, all right, you can, you can crush your business. You can build businesses. You can help 
with XYZ. You can speak, you can do workshops, you can teach, but can you sit still and be with yourself and be completely happy with that? And if you can't answer yes to that, then you have a huge problem. So I think that was a big reason for me um, opening the gym, like really wanting a home base and knowing that I could have a center and not feel like I have to be all over the place. And then I had this in the bathtub again, like, you know, people juggling and I have five things that are like, I could name them, you know, five things that I'm working on that no matter what they are, if they're in my hand, I'm fully passionate and and present with them. So I can't say I pick one over the other. There's just five things. And I've learned that that's just who it is and, or who I am and what it is right now. But I've always felt like I had to juggle and I never, you know, if you're focusing on one ball and it's in your hand, you're constantly worried about the next one and being able to catch it and doing it again and again and again. And I think we all live in that paradigm we all live in the all right it's balance I don't think exists but we are going to have ebbs and flows we're going to feel really good and feel really comfortable juggling and then sometimes it's like oh my gosh I feel like I'm juggling on one of those balls or standing on a BOSU ball juggling like that's how it feels and you're just hoping that none of the balls drop and I just had this awareness of I am so exhausted from juggling and the consciousness that has to happen, even that I'm not aware of every single second, even in my sleep of making sure that I don't drop a ball, don't drop a ball, don't drop a ball. What happens if I shift that and I say, I will let the balls drop that's supposed to, but I actually fully believe I can stop juggling and they still will stay in the air. And that's the truth of everything when you look at like if I do the inner work if the these exist because they're supposed to exist and there's the team that I built to help them if they drop they're not supposed to exist because no human is supposed to be in this circus but we think we're supposed to or whether it's glamorized because of Gary Vee God bless him or (laughs) because it's just something (laughs) that we want you know we want for ourselves it's usually an ego thing why we are doing the juggling But the power and the abundance comes from being able to just let it be and hoping, not even hoping, just knowing if it's, if it does drop, uh, then it it was the wrong time or it's the wrong place. And that's, you have to respect that because you will burn out. And I don't know why I started that tangent, but that's been a huge shift for me of understanding that, um, the inner work can help with the outer work in ways that you can't even imagine. Hmm so cool you're like on like the hero's journey you're familiar with joseph campbell i feel like i should be i joseph campbell it. hero's journey here are a thousand faces i feel like all I've right heard so this like at essentially least four times on my podcast well, now here we go now we okay. got it. so essentially joe campbell is like world famous mythologist um he's dead now uh so but the the here are a thousand faces essentially all the story arcs of heroes throughout all the various stories including like jesus or you know lord of the rings which i think is based off of jesus anyways they all follow the similar arc so they start off they come from Frodo. what's yeah exactly so they come they come from <laughs> thanks for bringing your your voice news back down for the <laughs> so uh so he starts off he calls it the ordinary world and so ordinary world would be like you came from missouri um and so that would be like it's a very ordinary world i come from pennsylvania a very ordinary world lancaster amish country um and then from there like that's your whole world and then eventually you break out of that and you like go and you kind of like fight the dragon and you you know learn all the things then you come back return to your ordinary world with all the the new lessons from your journey it seems like you've kind of almost sounds like you're recently embarking on on the journey but previously it seems like the lessons what's what comes after the lessons you bring to your i don't know i think everybody just drinks wine and hangs out (laughs) but it's but it seems but specifically it seems like because you went it seems as though i'm like please like correct but it seems as though you were kind of going down forcing a misshapen peg into a into a, a hole that's not yeah, not for the fit. Which your this is uh, the manifestation that came Bring from this it. a little. Um, the truly you the body will tell you signs. Like for me, the output that I do on a day to day level, when it's in flow, whatever you want to call it, in purpose, in alignment, it is sometimes like I finish the day and I'm like, how the fuck did I do this? This is insane. How did I do all this? But it is so in alignment that you do not feel the stress that you would feel if you are doing something, half of the work that's so not who you think 
or who it's not it's who you think you should be not who you actually are so for me that came into play severely when I was crossfitting and trying to compete in crossfit and just launched the second company the mpac and I was like I'm going to, I'm going to stay working out. I'm going to stay competing. And I'm also going to do this impact thing. And I just refused to less. I didn't want to listen to my body to the point that my body fell apart. And that was a beautiful lesson in the end, but it was, even though on paper, the output could be the same for, you know, all the things that you're doing. If one of them isn't in true alignment, you will feel that in your body. And yeah. you, that's what I think true adrenal stress really is, is like you're just putting yourself in the peg. You're trying to make it fit. You're trying to make something work that deep down you probably don't really want, but somehow have been led to believe that that is what you want or it is who you are. And so for me, it was really deciding and even saying this in every meeting that I start, is this ego? Are we doing this because it makes us look good? Are we doing this booth because... It's, it makes us check the box and people are like, oh, they made it to X, Y, Z. Or are we doing this because it's in true alignment with what I want to do? Do I want to keep hosting workouts across the country? Do I love it? Sure. It doesn't really excite me. I, I don't think I want to do it anymore. <laughs> you got to listen to that. And if you don't because you, and you keep doing it because you think you should, kind of the same paradigm of saying yes, saying no, then your body will it will hate you and it and it can manifest in ways of anxiety it can manifest in gut issues and irregularity and digestion woes i mean it's the same thing that we ran away from when we changed our diet in the first place so i think that was the true lesson of quitting crossfit about two my last competition was about two years ago of like why am i doing this (laughs) like why what is the real reason because it because it's giving me, it's giving my ego something. It's doing right. nothing else besides that. So those are the hard conversations because a lot of it has to do with relationships. A lot of it has to do with how you're perceived in the world. And it, I mean, it's just hard. It's just hard work. But when you dig into it and you're willing to ask those questions and write them out, usually it doesn't come to me, you know, just sitting there. I have to write it and then I read it and I'm like, oh, I just told myself. I didn't know that. But I just figured it out. That's what I want to do. I no longer get fulfillment out of XYZ and having that conversation consistently because we always evolve. We always are changing and we have to allow ourselves to be able to do that. Mm. What are some of the the witchier things that you do to help kind of soften, heal, downregulate the body? Hmm. Man, so I do a lot of essential oils, especially chakra-based essential oils. For me, solar plexus is the one that, you know, you I I've said this forever, but when you feel icky, you usually can feel it somewhere. So do you feel icky in your throat? Is it because you're not saying something that you really want to say? Mm. Uh, do you feel icky in, you know, kind of your head? Is it sometimes like a headache? Are you like so disconnected from, <laughs> you know, any sort of spirituality? For me, it's always solar plexus. And so uh, I use oils that help with it, whether it's like a solar. I just found some new fun essential oils, but any blend can be really good. So I, I take those in flower essences almost every day. Flower essences, I thought, were just such a such a placebo kind of joke. And then right. I started muscle testing with it for my clients and realized, you know, with muscle testing, it's a lot of people will say it's all full of shit. And some people will say like, it's the only way, but really it comes down to your energy and their energy. And most people that are coming to you to be tested on have some sort of blocked sphere like that, you know, whether it's stress or illness or just protection and flower essences literally within an instant can break that shield. And that's really powerful. I've seen it happen even with my cat who's having like a panic attack as I take him to the mountains, giving him flower essences. Like it's, it's pretty cool. So that's something that I'm a big believer in. And then I do a ton of any sort of tea. I'm obsessed with like any sort of adaptogenic adrenal mushroom support. I will always be drinking. Uh, so that I feel like opens me up and what specific ones. So I have, um, an herbal coffee that I love that's adaptogenic so ashwagandha but also burdock and dandelion root which i have issues with gallbladder quite consistently just because of stress and high energy and my constituents so i like i tend to be just go 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 stressed and so i i crave that taste that rooty taste and then i also do a ton of four sigmatic uh cordyceps specifically and then herb farm is another one that has a bunch of tinctures so they have bedtime sprays uh they have 
a daily stress blend that just has everything that you want in a in an adaptogenic kind of spray. Th- those are my three kind of go tos. And then I pull tear cards and I sit in saunas and I take baths. <laughs> Good. <laughs> With some Palo Santo. <laughs> I try to do at least like one thing a day that is outside of being outside that really makes me feel like I'm fine. Because I, I live in a very go, go, go world. And yeah. to the work of the seven, the go, go, go world <clears throat> person is to be, to just sit and realize the goodness that's around. Mm. You heard a guy called John Sarno. Mm-mm. Wrote uh, healing, I think, what is it called? Back pain? Healing back pain? Um, super popular, well, like old, older popular book around how your mind is, he claims that like over 90% of chronic pain is something that's manifesting within the mind. But essentially, he, he breaks down, it's like you're you're running these psychological patterns that are stressing you out. And he says it kind of contracts your tissue and the you end up kind of activating these pain sensors as a product of what's happening in your mind. And if you can start to come in control of that, then all of a sudden you can relax in your body and let go of some of that, that tension in there. hundred percent. I mean, inflammatory cytokines, interleukins. I mean, it's all the gut brain connection. Mm. Uh, that's, I think that honestly, so I, I had a lot of concussions growing up and, um, even in my twenties and, so I'm hypersensitive to that stuff where that's why the, the nutrition that I do and the diet that I do, if I don't do it, I am a horrible human in comparison. It's almost like you figure out how great you can be yeah. when you when you tap into the right supplements for your brain and for your body. But for me, I'm hypersensitive to anything that causes inflammation. So the only alcohol that I really do well with is Mezcal because <laughs> I think it's just so... It's just like the coolest when you. <laughs> it like has it has history to it, which I think gives it something different than just booze. You yeah. know, it's not just like liquor sitting in a oak barrel, like fermenting. It's just, and I, I know that sounds crazy, but even the you know the lotion that you put on and the shampoo that you use, all of that, it all ties into how your body handles stress and where that stress is going to manifest, whether you feel it. Or it just sits there and then you someday, cr- you just topple across that cliff. Yeah. I think there's a huge part to, to doing like a mezcal or something like that, like the community part and the yeah. ceremony around it. Mm. There's another, there's a, th- there was a, I feel, uh, there's a study about, um, they take two different smoothies, like milkshakes. And one was like super fatty, all the stuff. And the other one was like diet has nothing in it. But they were both actually the same thing. And they gave them to two different groups of people. And they had totally different hormonal effects and glu- blood glucose. Like a whole everything was completely different based mm-hmm. off of what their perception of the thing was. Wow. And so I think that something like that, like I think anything that brings people together to create community, I'm like, I'm into it. Whatever, whatever that thing. Like I don't drink alcohol, but if people are doing that, like I want to be part of that circle. Totally. Totally. <laughs> Get I mean, me in like, the circle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause it's just, what are we, what are we missing more than anything? We're missing connection and it's getting worse yeah. and worse and worse. You know, with technology, we're not connected. We're just fake connected. We, we've all heard this before. Yeah. So it's like, well, what can you do? And, and I used to be so diehard. I wouldn't drink and I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything. I mean, I was like such a, I was such a square. Cause all I cared about was being the best athlete and being the best me and having the perfect X, Y, Z. And I think that was more stressful than what I have now where I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's have some, I'm probably going to have mezcal right after this. Oh, good. <laughs> me too. <laughs> it's Friday. It's, it's beautiful Friday. outside. <laughs> I will say if you're new to mezcal and this is not sponsored, but I'm, I am obsessed with this um, female owned company, Gem and Bolt. All right. And they infuse it, it with Damiana, oh, good. which is a, a delicious aphrodisiac so it's my absolute favorite Mm -mm. (laughs) gem and bolt (laughs) what are you going to get into what's like what's like good times for you what's like that's it (laughs) gem and bolt no i'm just kidding uh so i um i tend to do my i i don't drink i mean for me it's just being with good people and uh i tend to only be content when I'm doing something that is a little bit scary. So that's something I'm working on. But I, t- uh, what that means like for me is either snowboarding or, um, being in the mountains or being, being in something extreme is very comfortable for me. So mm-hmm. I grew up also in a very religious environment and then 
it turned out to not be the thing that I thought it was. So I call it the cult. There's pre-cult and ex-cult. And I remember feeling I was so comfortable in this. And you'll relate to this. I was so comfortable in who I was, in my in the way that we lived and how we were to other humans and the belief system that we had. That was my truth. And then when that gets taken away from you and, and you realize, oh, my God, I was so I thought that was real. And then it's right. not. You tend to have this pendulum effect where everything that's comfortable is a warning sign. So I am still in that. I, I'm definitely better, but I, I do better in uncomfortable situations than I do in comfortable ones, if that makes sense. How do you do with uh, like emotional vulnerability? Uh, I was horrible at it when I first, especially when I first left uh, the cult when I first had to like start what is this cult what is it <laughs> yeah I mean is you kind of I'm sure it's similar to mine was just cr- good old fashioned Christianity yeah so take, okay. take that make it more, uh, more. make it more make, make more. it extra 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 was it like evangelical where you're like speaking yeah. in tongues and like yeah. it's Under... interesting when you see some of the consistency between some of like the the cultish religious dogmas mm-hmm. that we think it was like oh no but then you go and you know, you got to do an ayahuasca ceremony with like your Venice friends or Denver friends or whatever. And you're like, Oh, this is, it's like the traditions overlap oftentimes. Traditions, but the, the purpose, right? The, the leadership, the intention is the, the flaw. But within an ayahuasca cult, there could be the same thing. Like if you go to Peru and mm-hmm. you just show up with like your pesos or whatever, you know, it's like, there's a lot of people that will jack you up. Yeah. So I think within, true. within all of the dogmas, there's, there's good and bad. But as far as like the virtues that it teaches you as at a young age, like you can't go wrong with that, right? You learn how to be a good human, even though it might have been with a string attached to be good for Jesus and <laughs> to make right. it into heaven, but you still learn some really important things that you can't miss when you're in that situation. So I think maybe it's, um, for me, it was just understanding that if I can come out of that and be, I guess, yeah, the pendulum swing of knowing how uncomfortable I love being and now knowing that I have to find comfort and be content in what I have. Because to me that that's like the warning sign of like, don't get complacent because that you're going to, it's all going to fall apart. So that's been the fun work of twenties. And now I I guess I don't know what the thirties will be will bring i interrupted you with the with the the cult stuff oh the emotional vulnerability so you were oh, yes thank you for bringing that around yeah had a really hard time talking about it and then i was on reality tv and that's all that you have to do you have to sit and talk about it and that was really hard it took about a month of filming before i was able to uh showcase who i was and i think <laughs> it was an accident of being on it it was like a beautiful accident i guess i should say I didn't have any intention to be on it, but the lesson I learned, the biggest takeaway was you have to talk about the struggle and mm-hmm. it's tied into everything that I've done since then. I wouldn't be the person I was unless I was forced to sit in the chair in the interview room and tell them about how I felt about every situation. And I fought it and I was, I would run away from the <laughs> house. Like, I mean, I really hated it, but it did teach me when people would see that side of me and I saw the comments and the, the tweets and the feedback of thank you for sharing what you shared. It changed my life. I had this light bulb of why am I trying so hard? You know, I'm such a turtle, like a hard and hard on the outside and soft on the inside. And sure. It might be kind of like, yeah, she's tough, but there's nothing glamorous about it when you were just hiding who you really are. So you got to show people that it's kind of like the drop of the water buckets, right? Like you have to be okay with things falling apart and sharing that story because that's where I've seen the most impact for my, for my following or for my clients. What do you feel? Do you feel like there's anything that you're actively struggling with presently? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, 2018, I mean, I, on paper, it was the best year of my life and it's, it really was a great freaking year, like so much effort and so much work and so much communication, you know, when you learn how to build a team and build a, build kind of a place where you can grow your ideas. I think for me, I will always struggle with guilt. I will always struggle with knowing that I deserve this life. 
I deserve how good it is. I mean, it's like, a, it's a joke. My life is a joke. <laughs> it's so good. I, I can't even get over it. It's insane to me. I have five years ago, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just trying to help people with my iPad filming challenge videos. And now I'm able to open a gym debt free, investor free on my own to have people come to my gym, work out, tell me how good it feels to work out at my gym and then go home and feel like I can eat good food and tell people about good food. I mean, just, I just have a dream life. I have a beautiful dream life and I know I worked really hard for it. So it's, um, understanding what work I now need to do. Do I need to be the person in the trenches digging and digging and digging what, cause that's the only thing I know how to do. Right. I've always been it just a heart, like, let's go. I will work until I fall <laughs> until I just pass out, but that's no longer sustainable. So the work this year is understanding that, um, it's a different type of work and it's still just as deserved, if that makes sense. Do you have like a vision of what's to come? I have, um, yeah, I mean, I have a huge vision for, you know, I have five companies that I'm obsessed with. So each one has a path that I see it going and they're all so unique and different. And I love that. I love that I am slowly starting to not have to be the face of everything, which was always the vision, make these live without me. And they're doing that. And that's the coolest. So how can I do that a little bit more, you know, evolve motion. I want to be a company that helps people understand the beauty of nature, but also has really badass backpacks to do it and help people strength train with the teas. I want to teach people the power of herbs and how powerful it's, it's kind of crazy that it's not talked about enough. I mean, herbal medicine is medicine and it's just become flipped in America specifically. So reteaching people about how teas can nourish you and give you what your, your body's asking for. And that's been so fun, um, to see that grow because it's something I really love doing. Uh, the gym, I obviously want, um, a couple locations (laughs) because I think it's the coolest to be able to come in and not feel like you're in a hardcore, go, 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 must fall on the ground after your workout, which is what I thought was the only answer. You can nourish yourself from exercise. Mm -hmm. There was an in-between. I felt like the platform was, um, platform strength really was that in-between. And then, yeah, just making sure that I'm, what do I love to do? I I love to teach people. I'm ultimately, I just want to teach people and and in different unique ways. And I want to stay creative. And so I think that's whatever can stay in alignment with those two things. If I can focus on creativity and teaching, then I'm going to have a beautiful life. So it seems like you've done a really good job with visualizing a thing and making it actually become a real tangible thing. Mm -hmm. Is there any standout points of how one does that? I whiteboard a lot. Oh, good. Whiteboard, um, I can't think without a marker sometimes. <laughs> you know, it's like, I like, I have, I have ideas in my head and so I have a whiteboard in my office and I just will write and write and write and write until it makes sense. And it always does. You know, it's kind of like, uh, if you have something in your head and you, or you feel something and you kind of have your head going in circles, just put a pen or marker in your hand and you'll figure it out. Uh, I th- I don't know if that's the type of person, like a, some creative brains might do better with that than analytical, but I honestly, I haven't seen anyone fail that test. If yeah. you feel a little stuck, that's something that has been really helpful for me. And I also have to have, I can't just say, it's just like what I tell my clients. You can't just say you want to feel fit and you want to feel strong. You want to get healthier this year. That, that means nothing to me. I need very ta- I need like tangible definitions of what healthy means or what f- stronger means. And so that might mean going from one pull up to 10 by the end of the year, or it might mean uh, you want to run a 5k without stopping. So same thing I have, if I hold that standard, it's health and wellness. It completely is exact same for business, how you grow your business. Right. So it's like, all right, if I want to create more wealth or create more abundance. You can't just say that. You can't just say, I want to grow. It's saying this is the exact goal and then breaking it out quarter to quarter and seeing what that looks like. Mm. Is there anything that stands out of things that have been like unexpected challenges in growing your business? 
For sure. I mean, for me, I've, I'm used to just, I started this on my own, you know, on an iPad and with a $500 website. So I was traveling to Thailand and didn't know how to connect to my clients. So I started a challenge where they would log points when I was gone. And then that became the MFIT challenge. And Mm. so since starting that, it kind of grew from 20 people to my last, you know, it just, it grew so quickly. And I didn't understand that I needed to ask for help when I needed it so desperately so you know you're doing your support emails you're doing challenge creation you're doing emails you're doing shirt shipments i mean you're just trying to make it all work and so you know i've i've had help here and there you know with support emails and okay you're gonna we found a distribution center for shipping out xyz and you have a team but the true work the biggest challenge was a team of people that um can help you be the creative that you are so uh, hiring five people and having a team of 15 now that are all under you and looking up to you. And, you know, you think of you're a boss and you just say what it is. And that's never the case. It's always, (laughs) how do I, the only, only path to growth is if they do not understand what's in my brain, nothing good will happen. So the whole work is saying, how do I take what's in my brain and communicate it in a way that makes sense to them? And that's a lot of effort. I mean, it's, it sounds so simple, but it's not. When you are just kind of always the person that does everything and you just go with your gut and that feels good, that feels good. Yep, we're going to do that, 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 that. And then now you have to like relay that to 15 people. It's just a different story. And that's the challenge of like, it's amazing. And it was this light bulb of, all right, I'm going to try this. We're going to have our first, for example, Black Fridays, the biggest sales day of the year, right? So we have Black Friday and you have to communicate with everybody. And you were like, God, I hope this works. And then it works. And you're like, oh my gosh, I, I felt like I didn't have to work. Now I started to feel guilty, <laughs> but you did, you did the work. You just did it in such a different way. And so it's been, it's just like the true small business growing pains of like, if you can do exactly what you're supposed to do and be creative and communicate, let the people that want to, that are really good at organizing and delegating and doing X, Y, Z, find those people. And the, they have come to me effortlessly like it was like you I just will be like god I need an email person and then somebody would email me the next day and say hey I have I just had a feeling that you needed somebody for email Mm. it's just insane how it works so you just have to be like really honest and really vulnerable and say like I'm struggling communicating this with you guys I'm just gonna tell you this sucks I hate the way this feels and everyone is happy and it's just it's really cool so I, I plan to keep growing and um, I think for me, just communicating and I just want to be a good boss. I want to be a really good boss. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my 2019. <laughs> Does anything stand out as far as like tips on how to commun- uh, effectively communicate to a team of, of 15 people as opposed to like just yourself or another person? Yeah, I think, you know, I start every meeting, um, I'm an empath no matter what. So that always helps. If you're an empath and you're a boss, you're ahead of the game. You're able to communicate in ways that are unsaid because you you can feel somebody's energy if they're off, if they're struggling. And that, I think, is really great. And so I think I always start if every meeting, no matter what, I think it's important to just make sure you realize it's human to human. And I think my favorite thing to do, I make everyone pull a tarot card and then I tell them it's like on a scale of 1 to 10, tell me how you feel. And if you just start everybody with this kind of, and I do it for everything that I do, no matter if I've just met you or if I haven't met you. And it's just really fun. It allows them to check in with themselves. And then also you as an empath get to see where they are. And it changes the way you talk to them throughout the whole course of the meeting. Because you're like, if you're a 10 and you're crushing life, then I'm going to give you X, Y, Z, and I'm not going to censor it. But if you're a two and you're struggling and you haven't slept, the last thing I'm going to do is put all of this on your plate and make you go from a two to a negative 10. Um, so communication, just try to be an empath and use that for your, if you are an empath, use that because it's really a big benefit. How does one cultivate their empathy? And then we'll we'll wrap, we'll wrap up pretty soon because we got to get the mezcal and all that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot going on. Yeah, we got a lot going on. (laughs) And Um, the sun's going to go down. I know, it's going to get cold. (laughs) It's going to get cold. Um, (laughs) To cultivate your empath. So if you're not a true empath, I mean, it's just the same as when you're checking in with yourself. So imagine your body, like your stomach hurts. 
instead of just saying my stomach hurts and I'm moving on, my stomach hurts. Why does my stomach hurt? Let me figure that out. Did I eat something? Am I stressed? Did I not sleep very well? You can kind of figure it out. And so I think it's just genuine curiosity. Be curious. So the analogy of somebody is like, yeah, yeah. And you're like, God, this person's like really low today. They have like shitty energy. And you can so easily just say, that's like not the energy I want to be around or screw you. But instead just say like, huh, I wonder why that person has low energy. Is anything yeah. going on in their life? Maybe I should ask. And you ask and all of a sudden they open up to you and you're like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> I didn't know any of that was going on. You know, we're, we're just not humans to each other. And so if you're an empath for real or if you want to be more empathic, just get curious and, and mm. know that people deserve to be asked questions. I decided that... Uh, you know the five love languages. Mm -hmm. I ha I'm a six, and it's ask me questions. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I think there's so many people that could relate to that. If you, you know, it's like good. just ask questions. Be genuinely curious n with nothing in return. I'm not gonna ask you a question just because I want you to ask me the same one. I want nothing out of out of this. I just want to know genuinely this, and that I think is so 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 powerful. Mm. Our nervous system is constructed that way too. Most mm -hmm. of it's most of the fire, like in, in the vagus nerve, they're 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 um, they're going back from from the organs back to the brain, so sending information of what's happening. So it's like sensory information, mm. versus very few, like ten, fifteen, twenty percent or so of the nerve fibers are going from the brain, like motor fibers, saying do this stuff. Yeah. So like literally the composition composition of your nervous system is one of listening, mm. but most of us, the way that we conduct ourselves, is one of like doing all the time. Yeah. That's a good, so you can learn yeah, from your good. learn from your vagus nerve. Um, how do learn people learn more about your stuff? What's the, what's the best place to point people? Where should people go? Um, my Instagram is fine. I, that works for me, Emily Schramm, mm. E M I L Y S C H R O M M, and then there's kind of a rabbit hole in my bio of all the th fun projects that I'm doing, of all the balls that are in the air. They're floating, right they're, floating. they're floating right now. They're floating. <laughs> it's been pretty cool. All the balls are floating. <laughs> um, and then my website uh, is emilyshram.com. And then I have a podcast as well, Meathead Hippie. Meathead Hippie. Meathead Hippie. You're like a real meathead hippie. I am. It's the most accurate description I've been able to come up with. I think it I nailed it. That's good. <laughs> meathead Hippie. Those are my favorite people. I think that's pretty much who listens to this podcast. So that's perfect. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks so much. Anything so else? Welcome. Final do before I press the red button? No, thanks for having me. All right. Thanks for Sun's listening, everybody. Oh, oh, thank you. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. I want to present y'all with a fun opportunity of starting a program that I created called the Align Method Online Program that focuses on unwinding the unsightly patterns of staring into technology, essentially. So forward head posture, rolled forward shoulders, hyperkyphotic spine, disengaged glutes, knees collapsing in. If there's collapse in any level in the body, it will trickle up and down through the rest of the system. That program focuses on unwinding those things, giving you self-care practices, movement practices, and lifestyle adjustments, very subtle ones, that will give y'all more flexibility, more strength, more confidence, more energy, all the good things. Um, and you can start the first week absolutely free and just go to alignpodcast.com slash align method, A-L-I-G-N method. Along with that guy, you will receive the Align Band, which is a heavy-duty resistance band with a door anchor. And that also comes with its own online program that is free with that thing. Go to alignband.com and start that program for free. Um, I think that's it. I so greatly appreciate you guys listening to this conversation. So greatly appreciate reviews on iTunes, sharing uh, on the Instagrams or the Facebooks or wherever you do your shares. Uh, this program goes on lives on because of y'all so um it doesn't go unnoticed thank you for listening thank you for views thanks for joining your life enjoy